gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. Draft month here at Bulls on Tap. But before we get into this episode, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap, at Ontap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted, and follow me at Buzz on Tap. Goose, it has been a while, my man. We're back. We're going to talk some Bulls basketball. And you know what? I'm a. Uh, I'm excited. We Our last episode was the Billy Donovan episode. It was the day, and I want to say like 30 minutes after he was hired, we hopped up on the mics, and we recorded a, a great podcast, talked about it, what, you know, what we expect, and we still don't have a lot of clarity on what to expect. We do know that Billy Donovan hired John Bryant, a former, I'm, I'm sorry, not Billy Donovan, I didn't, yeah, it's his coaching staff, he did hire him. Um, John Bryant's going to be joining his coaching staff and everything, but not much else has went down. How are you feeling? We're in draft month. I know it's still October, but by the time this episode really starts getting rolling, it's going to be November 1st. So, No, I mean, usually this time of the year, we're talking opening day, uh, parsing through the first few games of the season. Weird schedule here. Uh, the Bulls did let go of multiple assistants, just about every single assistant outside of Chris Fleming. Uh, we haven't got really any further indication of if he's going to be staying, but of the previous staff, at the very least, uh, they felt Fleming was the one worth keeping on board until they finalized their decisions. Um, outside of that, we've got a lot of smoke screens from the Golden State Warriors being enamored with every single prospect in the lottery. Um, bold strategy. The Bulls have taken... The opposite strategy, the only thing we've really heard out of the Bulls camp is that they might be prioritizing a playmaker. Um, some of us, that's a little weird, because uh, Kobe White's got some potential there. And unless you're getting LaMelo Ball for me, I don't see a point guard in this draft that I'm going, hey, this guy's going to surpass Kobe White or Zach Levine in our guard rotation. I don't know where you stand on that. There is a plethora of Hayes disciples emerging from the woodworks. Uh, where do you stand on the Hayes venture? I uh, I, uh, I like I like, I like him. I like. You know, I think that he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be decent. Um, I can't. I've been watching a lot of film on him. I'm not really too enamored, to say the least. I'm, I'm like, does that make sense? Like, I think he's going to be good. I think his game is going to translate. I think he's going to be all right. But I'm not like over the moon about Killian Hayes at four. Does that make sense? Like, I, I, I'm I, just not there. When I hear playmaker, I mean, come on, man. Everybody's mind's going there. When you hear playmaker, you think LaMelo Ball. That's what I think. And, you know, I, I like Denny, too. Denny showed potential of being a playmaker. He showed that. Um, You know, he's got to improve on some things. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Hayes at four makes a lot of sense to me. Um. When I hear playmaker, I again I think of one guy and one guy only, and right now, that's Lamelo Ball. Well, and 
I do think your Denny point is awesome because Arturus comes from an organization where their facilitator, their initiator, is their center. It's Jokic. Um, Murray has a similar skill set to what Kobe White has. Can he facilitate an offense? Sure, but it's more of reactions. I'm great at scoring. The defense did this because they're trying to stop me. Oh, hey, you're standing over there. Let me kick it to you. That is more of what I think Kobe White is. I think there's more potential there for that. But, yeah, when I'm thinking playmaker, I'm thinking the fluid 6-7 wizard with the ball in LaMelo who has as many flaws as you can list as anybody in this draft. But if I'm gambling on one skill, it's the metal ball. Um, Denny, as you pointed out, does have great playmaking ability. I don't know that I see him. I don't even want to say the name because it's why he's so buzzy. But I don't see him as a Luka Doncic level full-time initiator. I do see him as a great secondary playmaker, transition playmaker, um, in the post kind of playmaker for the rest of his teams. He sees the game very well. Uh, and I do feel that his overall game and his overall ceiling projects higher than Hayes for me. Um, I keep hearing Harden because of the one or two step backs that you've seen him do. And it's like, ah, I get it. But Kobe white not have step backs in his bag. Like, I think we've seen he's. I think we've seen he can do that. I, I think so. From from all three tiers of the floor, and he's not a one-handed player. He's ambidextrous. He can finish at both sides of the rim, which uh, is he's his biggest drawback. So I don't know. I I'd be much more comfortable with Denny. I just don't see Hayes being a player in the top four or five that's gonna supplant White. Or Levine. And I don't think drafting Hayes necessarily justifies trading Levine, though I feel that would come shortly thereafter. Right. And I've seen a lot of things suggesting trading Zach Levine, but there's one thing our dude Casey Johnson, friend of the show, Casey Johnson, uh, said, um, you know, they're not trading Zach Levine to trade up. That's not happening. Um, now, I have seen, you know, stay on this playmaking topic, I have seen rumors. Um, I was actually thinking of writing an article about this on ONTAP, sportsnet.com, but uh, them trading down. And, you know, them looking at guys that might kind of shock you a little bit, like, you know, a, Ty, a Tyrese Halliburton, a, Ty, a Tyrell Terry, or something like that. I've seen those rumored, and I, go with me here. That's fucking I'm dumb, on, bro. I'm hanging out. That's fucking dumb to me. And the reason I say it is, like, if you're trying to accumulate talent for AK in, in what's probably going to be a weird season, if you're trying to accumulate talent to see, okay, well, I have a little belief in this guy and I have a little belief in this guy, so you know what? I'm going to draft a guy that I'm looking at in college and I like his game, right? And, and kind of go from there. I, I just don't see them... Trade. I could see him trading trading down and grabbing your boy out of Auburn. You know, Mr. Okoro. Mr. Okoro. They'd be grabbing I don't him. Think he makes it past six. I really don't. I really don't think he makes it past six. Well, I think that he goes below Devin Vassell. Don't you? I think the top five is almost kind of locked. <sighs> see, I I don't think the top five is locked. I think this is the draft where 
you have the three. You have the mellow, polarizing teenage phenomenon. You know, more followers on Instagram than most NBA players have. You have him. You have Edwards, who is your elite scorer, uh, above average athlete. But question his drive on the defensive end is he going to be Wiggins again? And then you have Wiseman, who's seven one, super athlete, freak, but center position's dying out. Can he ever expand uh, his perimeter game on either end of the floor? Is he ever going to be able to shoot threes? Is he ever going to be able to switch effectively to the point where you can play him uh, consistently in the playoffs, or are you just having him because you might play Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic? That's a fun. That's a fun topic. I, I, uh, Matt Berklin, uh We actually just added him on. He was uh, to on tap. He's now a Bulls contributor over with us. But he was the one that we were with that night. You know, Berklin. We were watching the uh, draft um, lottery with him. He wrote a really good piece on James Wiseman and why he doesn't really want to go that route. Um, you guys can listen to this. Go check that article. I was really good. It was his debut article with us. James Wiseman's an enigma to me. I can't figure it out goose i can't figure it out like there's really not enough film out there that's, to that's what i'm saying it's like they're saying phenom and you know my my old man i bring him up on the show a lot because he's a huge basketball fan right he that kid's gonna be good dude that kid's gonna be good and usually when he says shit like that i i'm like yeah okay but he's right i i just well, don't know how he I, I think he read about him in high school you know what i'm saying and then and then you know you commit to memphis and he gets these couple games in memphis i think that it's I've seen mock drafts, Goose, with James... And, you know, mock drafts are just mock drafts. Anybody could fucking make one. But I've seen him fall down, like, to 10. I, that, that's not happening. I don't think that's happening either. I think he's a lock in the top five. I could be wrong, but no, he's just so raw, it scares me. Like, if the Bulls did it, I'd be scared shitless. See, it's the Bulls that... Him falling to four is almost my worst fear. Because at that point, I am trading out. That means that likely... Denny, LaMelo, and Edwards all went in the top three. Right. Now the Bulls are sitting here at four with Wiseman looking at them. We've taken two big men in the previous three drafts. Kobe White is the only guard perimeter wing type player that we have taken in the last three years. To once again draft a big man doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but you know what they say? Is it about fit or is it about best player available? Like, I don't. That's what okay. I'm saying. All right, all right. Let's let's debunk this. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. They took Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, and Joel Embiid. How many are on their roster? One. 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 Lock jamming is not a good tactic unless you plan on being in this position for multiple years. Right, and I don't think – I haven't gotten the vibe from the front office that they, it's, that's where they want to be. We just hired fucking Billy Donovan. Right. There's like I said, I haven't gotten the vibe from the front Billy office. That's Donovan where we gotta be. Sat down in that meeting with Arturis and was like, "Hey man, you know, I'm leaving OKC because they're ready to blow this shit up and rebuild with their bajillion of assets they have throughout the future." But you know what? I'd rather come here and tank with you in Chicago because <laughs> you have less assets and less. Just, no, that's not what happened. AK sat down in that meeting and he looked at Billy and he said, all right, this is what we have, Billy. I know what you're looking at right now is a lot of potential. And maybe you see what you can do with all this potential that we have on that roster and that excites us too. But here's my plan. A and B 
are going to be here. CDEFG, we have no idea. We have to see what offers are on the table. These are who we plan on building around. This is the cap flexibility we have, and these are all the picks that we have, so, along with now being four. When you bring up A and B, is and I know this is just organic conversation. I love this. No fucking outline, just talking. Like, you were right to wing it, because this is just perfect. Like, so when you say A, is, is Zach A? No. Yeah. Zach, to me, Zach is currently a floating variable. And it hurts to say that, because I love that kid. No, I love him. And anybody who's followed me since Zach has got here before he came back from injury to this last season, I have been one of his biggest advocates. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree. 100%, I agree. Yep. And at the end of the day, I still don't know that I can justify a max contract for Zach Levine. And I do think if you play this unrestricted free agency game, there will be a team desperate enough to throw that money at him. A team that is not going to see a top free agent without overpay. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I wouldn't free. do it either. I, I wouldn't and that's and that's that's the conundrum we're at. Zach's the best player on our team currently. Yeah, he's twenty six. Right. He has two years left on a team friendly contract under twenty million dollars. To me, I see that contract more valuable to a contender as a second or a third option. That gives them that two-year window to compete for a championship. Right. So he's not your A. So basically, Billy's walking into. So I, there's got to be something up AK's sleeve here. And I mean, he brought Billy Donovan in. The Oklahoma City Thunder still don't have a fucking coach, and Mike D'Antoni, Kenny Atkinson, all these top candidates are taking assistant jobs. Nobody wants to go to OKC to be the tank bitch. Nobody wants to do that. But one man. But one man will. Jim Boylan makes Jim his Boylan. return. <laughs> Jim has left 30 voicemails for Presty in the last day. Not even the last week, the last day. Uh, hey, Sam, here you got a coach opening. I'm a great I'm great at tanking teams. If you want to fucking lose, let's blitz everybody and stuck out offense. Let's uh, do it. You know, Sam, I saw that you had a job and I'm ready to work hard and, uh, you know, the Bulls made me take my time clock out so they could punch in, they could punch out. Uh, I got a push-up regimen that they can get on, some sit-ups, some pull-ups, you know, work them real fucking hard so we can lose, you know, 60 games. So uh, what do you think? I, I can get you that first pick. Fucking hired. <laughs> so no. Zach's the floating variable for me. A is Kobe White, the player who in the last 10 games of the season, when given 25-plus minutes a game in a consistent role, put up 25-4-4 on damn near 50-40-90, period. Kobe's the untouchable. His potential, his speed, his outlier skills. Untouchable. He's the closest thing to untouchable on the Bulls roster. Okay. At least in my opinion. Though we, we have the conflicting reports that they see him as a shooting guard, so... Maybe they only see him as a six-man. I don't know. To me, the second-year player who put up 25-5-5 on 50-40-90 in the last 10 games of the season when he was given a legitimate role is the player that I'm not really entertaining putting in trade talks. Is he untouchable? No. You, you come at me with somebody in the top 10 in the NBA, yeah, obviously he's on the fucking table. But other than that, which isn't going to happen, 
I'm not entertaining trading Kobe White at this particular point in time. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. And the reason it's a fair point is because in his rookie year, when he finally got minutes in the in the keys of the car, we saw him perform. I just wouldn't think it's fair at this point to trade him. I won't say he's untouchable. I'll, I'll you know, like you said, I'll I'll, li- I'll listen to all offers, but what I saw him do with a lot of heavy minutes, uh, and and then his one lone start, which I believe he's undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. He's undefeated. I just want to say that real quick. He's undefeated. Um, I thought he looked really good. I would like to evaluate that, but I don't know if that's because I'm a fucking nerd when it comes to basketball, and I'd like to evaluate more of him in a starting role. Because, I mean, think about how many times... I think you and I are on the same page about this. We disagree on a lot of stuff, but we agree on a lot of stuff. But I think he has the potential to be a playmaker. I'm not ready to call him a Lou Will six-man, man. I'm not ready to do that. And I don't think it's fair that anybody else does. I don't think you got to see him enough. And plus, he fucking was coached by the Oklahoma City Thunder's tank master, Jim Boylan. (laughs) (laughs) In a tweet I put out earlier today, in Kobe's last five games, where Jim slowly started to see him as, okay, we're making the move to, he's going to be the starting point guard to finish the season because we're not making the playoffs, and seeing what he has there is more valuable to this team than continually throwing Sato, who's shot worse than Chris Dunn this season, out as a starting point guard position. And... I just, he, he had six assists to three turnovers in those last games. That's a 2.0, simple math, <laughs> assist to turnover ratio. That's a .4 higher than Killian Hayes did in the EuroLeague. So, to have that at your disposal and say, hey, I'm going to draft the guy who did worse in 10 games in the EuroLeague and give him the starting job over this kid just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I like Kill- I, I like Killian Hayes' athleticism. I do. I think he's kind of you know he, I, he he's a little explosive. You know, I I just don't I don't think, and this is where I'm with you. I I, I don't think I could justify drafting him at four. And and, and I I'm gonna stay on that. I'm gonna stay there because again, Okoro, if ideal. I, of replacing Kobe as a starting point guard. Right. Because that's what you're doing. If right. you're taking him, his his best skill is his above-average playmaking and his percentages on off-the-dribble threes that would suggest that he's going to be a good shooter, along with his close to 90% free throw percentage. Right. And I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't want anybody on this podcast to think that I think Killian Hayes is bad. That is not what is coming out of please my mind. Ver- yes, yes, please, please, because we're going to get attacked. <laughs> just just not good enough to draft with the intent of replacing Kobe White as the starting point guard. That's, that's my take. That's a good I'm take. I, I think that there's there's one guy, again, I told you, there's one guy in this draft that I would take to be the starting point guard over Kobe White, and that's just because I'm enamored with what he has the possibility to be. You know, and that's LaMelo Ball, and I, I, I keep going back to it. But if they don't, if they do trade down, I'm not going to lie to you, man. If they do trade down and a Coro is available, you know, if they could, like, land, like, a, I have no idea. Maybe a, a Devin, uh, maybe maybe I, Levine I, does get traded, Goose. Maybe he does get traded for some assets or something like that, and you you, and you trade down and you're able to, 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 you know, do some fancy shit, you know. I, I don't know. Maybe you get an Okoro. Maybe you get a Devin Vassal. Maybe you, you, you start – kind of putting yourself in position 
to make those moves. And that's something I'm intrigued by. I just don't know how... With, with how hard it is and not being able to see a bunch of film, I feel like I'm a fuck... I feel like I'm an idiot when I say, well, this is the for sure guy. Because I don't have enough film to, like, really comment on it. Like, it's it's hard. I, I, I mean, there's only so many videos and highlight shit and fucking games you could watch on YouTube. No, I mean, there's... You got 10 games in the recent season for Killian Hayes. You've got... I think it's 12 for Lamelo, and then he sat out. Mm-hmm. Um, you got three for Wiseman. <laughs> well, you got just over 20 for Edwards. Um, it is. It's a difficult draft because somebody like Halliburton, he's a sophomore. His freshman year, you look at his numbers in a full season, and you're like, well, I see why he didn't go last year, but why are you making a splash this year? Yeah, your three-point numbers are great. But you can't create your own shot. Your playmaking numbers are great. You have an equal or better assist-to-turnover ratio than LaMelo Ball. But I can't see you breaking down an NBA defense in the half court. I, I don't see it. You don't have the handle. I feel Zach Levine's going to have the ball in his hands more times than not if you draft Tyrese Halliburton to replace Kobe White. I don't feel good about Iowa State point guards. Well, no, I put out, I got attacked for this. I put out the tweet. <laughs> did <laughs> you know? What did you say? I said, is Gar Foreman still in the building? <laughs> I was staying for our top end talent. What the fuck is going on here? Hey. And I, had, I had people attacking me going, oh, yeah, well, I'm like, it was a joke. Seriously, calm the fuck down. Hey, you let him, you let him go ahead because I'll throw a hot take out there right now. If you have, you're putting a gun to my head and you're asking me who to draft, Tyrese Halliburton or fucking Cole Anthony, guess who I'm taking? You're taking Cole Anthony? 100%. Okay. 100. Right. I mean, 100. 100 I've, fucking percent. I've seen Cole drop into the 20s in this draft, and that's crazy to me because... That's not fair. <laughs> no. I mean, he was dealt a shit deck, had an injury. I, uh, I don't know. If he falls to the 20s, whoever's taking him is getting a steal. I agree. I agree. And um, that's, I, I think he's a better point guard than Tyrese Halliburton. I'm sorry. I also think he's better than fucking Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. Sue me for saying that, but there's a fucking reason the kid went to North Carolina. He's at, he's athletic, he's got good court vision, and he can shoot the rock. He fell because of that injury. Okay, now let's touch on another, since apparently the Bulls are linked to strictly playmakers. Uh, I don't know if Kira Lewis Jr. falls in that category of playmakers, but he is a prospect that has been compared to De'Aaron Fox in some uh, realms, mainly because of his speed. I do not feel that he is the defender or the playmaker that De'Aaron is, but he would be uh, a better shooter out the gate. Now, have you done any digging on him? Where's Where's your stance on that? He went to Bama. I mean, any of these guys we're talking about at four is unrealistic. At this point, we're talking more so if the Bulls found a trade partner to move back. Right. And I... I don't know if he's the guy. He's fast as fuck. I know you love De'Aaron Fox. I mean, that's that's oh, been no. your that's been your dude since day one. Zach Levine in the number four pick for De'Aaron Fox faster than I could say yes to a blowjob. Yeah, it really. <laughs> <laughs> you can't yep. do that when I'm fucking. Yep. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> that caught me off guard like a motherfucker, boy. That's that's what I'm here for. You know, the Knicks just worked him out, I read, like, three or four days ago. Um, 
I don't know. I Lewis, he's like like you said, he's fast. But again, like I am, I think I, he's a Kobe light. I think he's a shorter Kobe. He's gonna go from anywhere from fifteen to twenty. You think that's fair? I, I could see him going sooner. Oh, really? Okay. I personally, can, I, personally, I can make an argument for him over Hayes. I can make that argument. I can make an argument for him over Halliburton as well. See, um, I, see I would agree with you I immediately on that. on that. The Killian Hayes thing, not so much. But I would agree with you immediately on the on the Tyrese. I, I don't like Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm probably going to be wrong and people are going to fuck us. Wow. I, I, I had somebody in my mentions today tell me that he's compared to Lonzo Ball or Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And I found that very backwards. What kind of comparison is that? I See, because I always felt that Shea was more of an inside-out player in college. Um, had 40% three-point percentages, but shot under two three-pointers a game. As were Halliburton can't finish at the rim because of his slight frame, and he's more of your catch-and-shoot playmaker. So, and his defensive numbers, I mean, if you look at his numbers compared to Lonzo or to Shy in college, his defensive numbers stack up and even in some cases surpass. But in the NBA, when you're talking about elite athletes, I can't see a guy that's 6'5", 178 pounds, soaking wet, holding his own. On a drive, driving himself, maybe on the perimeter, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't see the versatility that's supposedly there. No, uh, that's that's totally fair. I mean, I don't know. I like Lewis, but I, I, if we trade back, man, I mean, what kind of package are we looking for? The fourth pick is still high in the draft. I mean, it's just, of course, we're excited that we're not seven this year, but of course, everybody says it's a three player draft we obviously know that there's decent players in this draft beyond three but there's a three-headed monster and of course we're on the outside looking at four i i just don't know which way to go i don't know if we stay i mean you have to really wait until draft night i don't think you can have anything predetermined before you fucking go into it no because as things currently stand there's a lot of projections that have mellow falling to the bulls at four your best prospect might fall in your lap um, so until that clock is ticking and a team makes a selection, what do you do? I mean, it's possible Golden State gets on the board, Anthony Edwards or Wiseman goes first, and then man, we're taking LaMelo Ball because he's the best prospect on the board, and as this draft plays out, we're going to have somebody picking a player that we value as much or more than Melo that will offer us more to get him off our hands. Um, I don't know. This This is going to be... And we, we do this every year. We expect chaos at the draft, and usually we get silence. But with the lack of information, the lack of top-end free agents this year, the uncertainty about the cap going forward, I think we're going to see some crazy shit on draft night, which excites me more than anything. I just hope it results in the Bulls with Lamella Ball as PG-1. I mean, I'm looking at our, at our buddies uh... – mock draft over here at tankathon.com and the dude who runs that page is fucking killer he's a good dude um lamella ball at four to the bulls uh they got anthony edwards going one denny going two and james wiseman going three and you know what that's something i could see possibly happening no i honestly this is this is gonna be crazy to say i do not think michael jordan has any interest in lamella ball i think lavar's comments about I could play Michael Jordan one-on-one 
and all the shit he's talked about MJ, MJ is a petty motherfucker. He is not taking that kid on that roster unless he thinks that he's going to be Lamella Ball's daddy. You're going to listen to me more than you're going to listen to your dad, and I'm going to get off on that. This is the only way I see that happening. Otherwise, he is petty enough to go, fuck you. You can fall further in the draft. When Skip said on first take that, uh, or when Lamar said on first take with Skip and, with Skip and Shannon or whatever the fuck that stupid show is called, that he could beat me one-on-one, I took that personally. So I didn't. I didn't draft his kid, because fuck him. Fuck his kid. <laughs> fuck his kid. <laughs> no, I could see MJ being that petty. Oh, yeah. I think, I think Golden State has zero interest in LaMelo. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at this cool, like, now that we're going to get into a little fun mock draft here, if you look at this little mock draft that I just pulled up, so it's got Anthony Edwards going number one. That makes sense to me. And the reason that makes sense to me is because you've got D'Lo, you've got Cat. Now you're bringing in this explosive shooting guard that could probably play decently off ball. You know, I mean, I, I decently I, off ball, and you can you can correct your Wiggins mistake this time around. You can get this kid right. Exactly. Then you got Denny going number two. Now they have Wiggins, okay? They have Wiggins, but he he's not going to start right away. But this guy's six nine. He's got the potential in a small. In Golden State, he would start right away. You think He'd be so? there for He'd be there for What, would they put Dre at the five? Yeah, man. Okay. No, hell yeah. This, Denny is the most seamless fit for Golden State, in my opinion. His style of play is team-friendly, fits right into their system. Secondary passer or secondary playmaker to get fucking the Splash Brothers their looks, right? Yep. At the four, I think he fits perfect on their team. I think that's a seamless fit, and that's almost where I think – uh, Golden State has a TPE, a traded player exception from when they traded Iguodala, that expires right around draft night. They can take on cap up to, I'm going to say 16, I believe it's 17, but we're going to go with 16 to be safe. They can take on a contract up to $16 million into their cap above the threshold because of that TPE. If I'm Golden State and I feel I can still get Denny at four and the Chicago Bulls are interested in LaMelo Ball, I am taking Thaddeus Young onto my salary, trading back to four, getting a cheaper salary on that rookie contract for Denny Abdija instead of taking him at two. And I'm getting Thaddeus Young to add into my core of a contending team where Thaddeus Young is going to do the dirt and be a positive impact on my contending team. So now, you, you, now you're up to Charlotte, right? So now we're up to Charlotte because we just passed over Minnesota. We just passed over... Golden State, excuse me. Now we're at Charlotte. We got a couple guards over here that, you know, you got Terry Rozier over here. You know, you got fucking Malik Monk over here. You got Devontae Graham over here. And Devontae Graham has looked, let's let's be honest here. That is a, I hope that kid succeeds. Off topic, Bulls, for real. He's he's good. He had Luke Donsich sitting in pressers going, why do you have me in MIP conversations? Devontae Graham belongs there. I don't belong in this category. Give the kid that averaged under 10 points a game last season and took a ginormous jump mm-hmm. spot for those votes. I agree. And, and then you got you got P.J. Washington yep. at forward. Solidify him with a big and wise man. That's what I'm saying because if you're looking at the bigs over here, you got Willie Hernan Gomez, right? You've got Bismack Biombo. Who you also took in the top five. Right. You've taken <laughs> – So, I mean – this. 
taken so many bigs that have sucked, and you finally have a transcendent big fall to you at number three. You're taking it. Now, is Michael scarred from the Kwame Brown days? Will he not do it? Oh, I mean, if he was scarred from Kwame, he doesn't take Brandon Wright. He doesn't take Adam Morris. He doesn't take Cody Zeller. You can go on down the list. They've taken too many fucking bigs, which is the funniest thing ever. Because how did MJ end up in Chicago? Because Portland decided to take Sam Bowie over him. So Michael Jordan has consistently made the same mistake that landed him in Chicago. He listens to this. Charlotte Hornets. He listens to this. Stop giving him ideas. <laughs> but, okay, so if they go – because it is a fit for the young roster. You, you're going to get a freakishly badass center or and who can improve his game in, in uh, James Wiseman. And then now you fall to four. And I know that we're making this fit our narrative a little bit here, and I'm trying to be just a little bit, just a little bit. But then you have Lamelo Ball, and I, I'll tell you something right now, man. I like the way the kid plays the game. His court vision is second to none in this draft, and I'm gonna say that right now. There's not one better passer in this draft than Lamelo Ball. We have bigs that could shoot the ball. We have bigs. Shout out Fred that are hitting threes in open gyms, um, you know, because Fred Fred was telling me, Obi, I'm getting off topic now. He was telling me he wanted Obi Toppin. I said, stay the fuck far away from Obi Toppin. Please, I don't need no tweener who's going to fizzle out because that's what's going to oh. happen. Kid plays at fucking date. Two-minute clip of his defensive highlights. And, uh, <laughs> There's air quotes around his uh, highlights there. I just want to let everybody know. And get back to me on that one. Yeah, so um, – I see LaMelo being a great fit here. And you got Lowry Markinen who can shoot the rock and he can move without the ball. A lot of people don't give him credit for that. You know, I mean, get him going without the ball. That's where Lowry really excelled in his rookie year. And it's even his sophomore year. He did real well at that. Um, and then we were supposed to be getting the, the jump and it just kind of didn't happen. Um, I like that. I like that pick there, and I just don't really see. Like, now I'm going down it again. Obi Toppin to Cleveland. Please, Cleveland. All your sports teams blow anyway. Go ahead, do it. Killian Hayes going to – see, this is what I don't get. Killian Hayes to uh, to Atlanta. They need a backup point guard, desperately. Um, <laughs> I mean, personally, at six, I tweeted about it the other day. I hope that the Atlanta Hawks do not get it. Isaac Okor. I feel that he is the perfect complement to hide Trey Young's defensive inefficiencies. And I dread the idea of Trey Young, Okoro, Reddish, Hunter, and whatever big man they settle on if Capella doesn't stay there long term. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'd rather have Okoro on Atlanta than fucking uh, Detroit. I don't want to see that motherfucker all the time, bro. I think Okoro is going to be all right. I I really do. I think he's going to be a good player. I think Devin Vassell is going to be a pretty good player too. Uh, his his catapult scares the shit out of me. He's 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 Mikael Bridges two point which it might not be a bad thing for the team in the back end of the lottery. That's great. Well, Mikael, but, uh, are you talking about Mikael Bridges who was hey, going to literally turn the Bulls around in the bubble and his stats do not reflect his value, but he's still not. Oh, shit. All right. Well, we had some good draft talk, but we got some questions that we should get to. I put out a tweet earlier. We got some questions. Um, got one from our dude, Johnny. So, why should I be excited about this roster? I love the front office and coaching changes, but they ultimately need 
to get it done on the floor. Granted, I'm more a casual hoops fan, but it feels like we just have a cast of fringe guys outside Levine. It's a good point from the outside looking in. Um, as we kind of pointed out in the beginning of this podcast, I don't know if we, I don't know if, did we kind of call Levine fringe because we don't think he's an A? I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's fringe. Yeah, he's fringe. He's a fringe and all star. He's a fringe top twenty five player. He's a he's he's about a fringe everything. So no, yeah, he's he's fringe. Right. So I think why you should be excited is because I mean, there's there's new hope here. It's not the guys that it was before, and you bring in a legitimate coach. This is the first Bulls coaching hire in years that has experience in fucking years. And not only experience, but good experience with star players. That's big-time shit. It's big-time shit. So that's why you should be excited for that, um, in my opinion. And I do think that our young talent was completely fucked. Completely fucked last year, dude. They They got totally torn up by Jim Boylan, who was way in over his head, didn't use him the correct way. You saw it in the players' demeanors. Their faces, their, you know, their body language. You saw that. So this year, I think it's going to be different. I don't know what the team's going to look like. I think there could be possibly a lot of changes. I don't know. For the first time in a while, I, I mean, I, I, I've called it in the past. I was like, oh, I thought they were going to make playoffs last year. I did. I thought they were. It didn't happen that way. But for the first time in a long time, I feel a different kind of confidence about this squad. Um, so that's where I'm at personally with it. And you know what, Goose, I'll let you uh, uh, answer some of that question too. No, I think you should be excited because youth and the injuries were the excuse that we continued to hide behind uh, the last few years while we were unintentionally or intentionally tanking, regardless of the season, however you want to classify it. You have players like Lowry Markinen who showed – 20 and 10 potential in his sophomore year and then completely fell off a player in Wendell Carter Jr. who has playmaking upside, offensive upside, and is already an established defender who we haven't got to see on the floor for more than half of the season two years in a row. Uh, you have Otto Porter Jr., who was at least at one time worth a max contract, uh, who I feel really just didn't feel the need to come back for next season because he had a max contract option waiting why the hell would I come back and play for Jim Boylan if I can just sit here and party and then pick up my option and do this again next year? So I think we see a different Otto Porter Jr. in a contract year as well. He's looking to get paid again. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of positives with this Bulls team that just didn't come to fruition last year. And you look at the East, uh, my best case would be go look at the Orlando Magic's roster. Uh, that made the playoffs this year, uh, I think, five, plus five games under 500, and compare that down the line to the Bulls and tell me that we don't have a shot to make it next year. Totally fair. Totally fair. I'll let you start with this one. I don't know if you have any off the top of your head, but we got a question from Burke. Um, any assistant coaches that you're looking at? Now, as I've touched on a lot of times, every time we talk about coaches, I have never played for, talked to, or been around any of these gentlemen. Uh, all that I can go off of is reputations around the league, and taking word of mouth on people isn't the greatest thing. Last season, I thought Fleming and Rogers being added to Boylan's staff was going to make him a competent head coach because he had the staff underneath him to help him 
uh, you know, overachieve. That didn't play out. Rodgers had a big hand in Capella's development. We expected to see that in Wendell Carter Jr. and Gafford. We didn't necessarily see that come through. So when it comes to coaches, I don't have strong opinions. Uh, honestly, I'm just glad we landed Billy. <laughs> Whatever Billy wants to add to his staff and is confident in um, checking his balances and giving him advice, I'm confident in as well. Yeah, I guess I have one in mind, and that's because I don't think he's going to be getting a head coaching job. But I would like to see Adrian Griffin over here. That's a, that's a okay. that's an NBA assistant coach I'd like to see, or I'd like to see a Sam Cassell who I don't think should be getting an NBA head coaching job. Do you think Cassell would leave the Clippers? No. No, he didn't. He didn't sign back out with the Clippers. I th- no. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you said, do you think he'd leave the Clippers? No, I'm, I'm not positive if he's signed back out yet, and I don't know if Nick Nurse is going to let go of Griffin, but. If he is available and searching, bring him on back on. He's been here before. Uh, you know, our front office likes having previous ties. Well, Jerry. <laughs> well, yes. Jerry loves previous ties. I know how you're we're feeling. Not talk, about... We're not going to talk about that here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad about that. But I'm, I'm not mad. I'm indifferent. But I'm at the same time, like, my face gets red when we talk about it. So I'm not sure. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry doesn't care about the Bulls. That's Michael. So right, right. So Griffin was available, and they brought him back in. That that would not be something I was opposed to. All right, and we got another question here. The other question is: If there was a trade package presented to you for Zach Levine in the draft, what would it have to be for you to accept? I mean, you basically threw yours out there. Yeah, I mean, you said De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I mean, I've thrown Fox out there. Um, the other one that I saw you share that I've also commented on was, uh, what the hell, why is his name escaping me? Jared Allen to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Bulls get number two. Uh, Golden State gets four. The Bulls get Karis LeVert and the Nets pick that is 19th. Um, Something like that, I could justify if the Bulls are landing Lamelo. See, damn it, you took mine because I commented on that. On now, now we're really gelling together. Um, I took that. I loved that trade for the Bulls, and I still stand by that trade. A lot of people were like, "Oh, well, Karis Levert's always hurt, or he's always got some issue." Like, chill, chill out on that. He's still young. He's a good player, and I don't see Karis Levert fitting in with Kyrie Irving and um, and Kevin Durant. I, I don't see that. Oh. I actually think I see his fit better there with them outside of the fact that all three of them are extremely injured. Are, are you talking about Zach, uh, better than Zach's fit? Oh, uh, yeah, better than Zach's fit because he's better on the defensive end. He doesn't need the ball as much to be effective. I see, um, I see what you're I saying. I do think in upgrading to Zach Levine that the Nets would get a second, uh, a third option. Obviously, he's behind both Kyrie and KD. But if one of them goes down, you then have a player that can still keep things going while you have one of them recovering. You see, I think that for them, you, you say that Karras is a better fit, like probably on the on the floor for sure, but guaranteed Zach Levine's got kind of got that, you know, that swag to him that I think would fit in with a, K, oh, no. with a KD yeah. and with the Kyrie Irving. So that fit, I think, is actually better. recent podcast saying he thinks Zach Levine's a future superstar. So, right. um, obviously... We, we've seen how things have played out in Brooklyn. The players have more control there than the front office itself. So if Kevin Durant sold on Zach Levine, I don't think that's entirely out of the realm of possibility. Right. So, that, I mean, that'd be a trade that I'd be really, really into. 
um, if that were to take place. I Honestly, of course, we would fucking record a podcast right afterwards and probably be freaking out because the Bulls actually did something on trade night. But we would really thoroughly break that down because I think that actually makes every team um, involved. I think it makes them a little bit better in their own way. And I, I, I really, I, I don't really see a team losing out on that trade. But that's the last question uh, we're going to do right now. Other than that, man, you got any you got any th- closing thoughts? Because you and I back on the mic together have really put in an episode here. Yeah, I mean, closing thoughts. I don't, I don't think there's much the Bulls can do wrong in this draft if they trade back and get a guy that they're sold on while picking up an extra asset because they're not comfortable taking the risk on somebody in that upper echelon tier. I mean, I think that's a win as well, but uh, that trade will be determined on the asset that was acquired in excess, not not the pick that they made itself, in my opinion. So um, I, I made a comment earlier that I felt if the Bulls were able to trade back, acquire an extra asset, and still land Ozai, uh, that, that might be just as good or better if you are sold on Zach Levine. If you're confident in giving him a future max contract like you gave Jamal Murray before the playoff series that we saw, if you have that kind of confidence in him long-term, um, then I think Isaac Okoro is the pick. If I'm a front office who's not sold on Zach Levine, I'm trying to find um, a playmaker in the mellow ball and then shipping Zach off in a mutually beneficial deal. That plays out for Zach because he gets to go to a team that's going to be in the playoffs, and I get to rebuild with some wing depth in trading. Right on, man. Those are perfect final words. My final words, LaMelo Ball, a bust. Or trade, or do that trade, because I like that trade too. But uh, that's all I got for tonight, man. We will be back. We're doing a weekly episode every week up until draft night. And then, I don't know if you know this, Goose, but your boy found out how to run OBS. So, draft night, we will be live. Tell your friends, tell your mama. Because she's going to want to look at us because we're pretty you know, good-looking guys. Join this live. Join the conversation. We're going to be doing a live on draft night um, to see who the Bulls pick. They pick four or if they trade up. So we're all going to be together doing that. And then, of course, after that is all done, we'll have an immediate reaction pod afterwards. That's all I got. Everybody be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at BullsOnTap at ontapsportsnet. And anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. Let's go both. Woo! I got a piece.